Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Hello, welcome. This is the podcast that you just heard the title of, and I'm the host of it, Jeff Kowalski. You don't have to tell me whether or not I say my name in the intro, because I know now that I do not, which is why I just said it there, because approximately 10 billion people started telling me that that's not true. I don't have that many listeners or people (laughs) on the planet. Uh, This is a show where we like to discuss... As works of individual art, and also as cultural artifacts in a larger context, short stories that are distributed online and written usually quickly and for fun that are commonly referred to as creepypastas. This week is another... It sort of went viral in the No Sleep community as a story that people really liked because it was featured on the No Sleep podcast uh, towards the end of Season 9. I made a mistake last week, actually. I referred to the episode uh, we were covering as the Season 10 finale. I think it was just a mid-season break, Season 10, Episode 12. Uh, This one was on Season 9, Episode 23, I think? which maybe actually was a season finale, uh, based on that high number. Um, this story is... Actually, I want to look up... I'm not going to go there yet. Instead, I'm going to uh, fill some time here as I Google the credits from the actual podcast so I can find out the author's like regular name. Uh, here we go. This uh, story that we're covering is Mr. Banana, written by R.K. Gorman. Um and that was on, yes, Season 9, Episode 23 of the No Sleep Podcast, which uh, there may be a link in the show description. I know I'll definitely be linking to the actual Reddit page, which I am referring to now, uh, just as I always do on the show. I have the story open in front of me so I can refer back to it when I need to. Anyway, I have guests returning from last week. Please welcome Nick Wood. Hello, creeps. And, <laughs> I wanted to throw that in, sorry. Go and Lisette Voitko. What's up, spoopy peeps? There we go. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm me, and this is, the, this is the one. This was another one where I dropped it in our chat when we were trying to pick a story, and was like, this one's been popular lately, and I think would make a fun companion. Uh, and Nick was like, okay, I'll give it a look, and then was like, yes, that'll be the story I cover. So Nick, please... Uh, recap this this story for us as best you can. It would be my pleasure. Feel free to fill in some gaps here um, as I try to stumble through this thing. The story begins with an elementary school teacher whose name I don't think we... Yes, we do. His name is Mr. Johnson. His the, name uh... is Mr. Banana, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> before Mr. Johnson's Banana was... Johnson's like Mr. bananas. Yeah, before hey. he was... Oh, God. Man, I'm so. If he was teaching right? slightly, if he was teaching slightly older kids, that definitely would have been oh, uh, the joke that they were making. <laughs> um, but 
like second paragraph, we already get to the inciting incident where um, one kid, Jimmy, in his class blurts out, Mr. Johnson, you look like a banana. And then all the other kids start um, chiming in saying you're a big fat banana, a big fat stinky banana, which is um, fat and stinky shaming. Not a big fan of that. Um, I think but, it's fine to make fun of someone for being stinky. Yeah. Eureka. Um, so he thinks it's pretty funny and he looks down at himself and he's wearing like a yellow shirt and um, brown shoes, I guess. And he's like, yeah, I kind of do look like a banana. So as he's going home, he decides that he wants to lean in and into it a little bit. So he stops off at a store and spends a pretty penny on banana themed clothes, um, like yellow shirts and brown pants, I guess, and ties and all kinds of stuff that will um, lean into this. And he also, when he gets home, he makes some banana bread for the class. So he comes in the next day and he's trying to teach the kids about all this stuff and they're not interested um, until he brings this whole Mr. Banana shtick um, into the classroom. Um, so he hands out the banana bread. He's dressed like a banana every day. All the kids are learning and stuff, and um, all the all the parents are in love with him, and the kids are just having such a great time. And um, uh, I don't know what happens in between when it starts getting weird. Oh, he he also has like banana smelling shampoo he uses. Um, he starts looking up banana facts, puts them on the board all the time. Uh, for, like every day, he has a different banana fact for all the kids, and. Um, yeah, he gets really weirdly into it. Like, the kid calls him Mr. Banana, and he's almost instantly like, yeah, I love bananas, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so, he, like, yeah, he gets all the clothes, he starts smiling like bananas, he's watching documentaries about bananas, um, I, all kinds of stuff, and eventually this gets the the attention of a, a newspaper or a news station or something, and they start writing yeah. about him. The uh, um, Star Ledger, because this story takes place in Princeton, New Jersey. Does it? Yep. Pretty sure. Uh, well, he mentions Wawa, and he mentions uh, Princeton, and uh, like vaguely, and then when he said Star Ledger, I was like, ah, yep, definitely New Jersey. Oh, okay. well, he also and- says he walks down Nassau, and Nassau Street is like the main street in Princeton. Mm. Oh, this is I, context I did not have. Yeah, I just I looked Googled up Wither, Nassau I, and found Jamaica. I looked up Wither, Witherspoon Elementary, and there is a John Witherspoon Elementary School in Princeton. And wow. That, that confirmed it just now, but I already was like, oh, he's in Central Jersey. So this guy did either knew the area or did his research or something. Nah, he's probably um, from the area. Most of the time when someone writes a no-sleep story about like a specific region, it's where they're from or like yeah. where they grew up. Yeah, so um, the news latches onto him, and if, uh, he starts getting imitators like Mrs. Strawberry, Mr. Blueberry, and uh, this is when things start to get weird. Um, he starts experimenting with um, the banana bread a little bit. He started with cinnamon, apparently, and uh, neck hair. He started shaving off neck hair and adding it to his banana bread yeah his and, his second batch uh had the sauteed hair in it and then the third batch he started to have like uh f- dead skin in there too yeah he would peel skin off of all of his fingertips and add them to the mix um and apparently it was salty but still tasted so good um Ugh. and 
apparently, like, there's a lot of weird details that it just just kind of breezed by. Like, at one point, um, he throws up and it's a weird color, but it doesn't really um, sit on that for too long. It's, there's also... It's yellow uh, because he's only eating bananas now. Well, yeah, I thought it said that it was purple, too, but maybe I heard it wrong. Purple and yellow, I don't know. Um, I could have just heard it wrong. Oh, it said pure yellow. Huh, I know what the word purple is. Um, and then there's <laughs> I think a mention this of author has a this author has a bit of like a was it like a British accent? Maybe, maybe. am I remembering correctly? Or the narrator, I should say. Yeah, it did. Ha- they had a an accent. The one that I listened to. Um, but there's also a mention of him going into like the staff bathroom and rubbing one off. Did I hear that one correctly? Yeah, yeah. No, he okay. Uh, he he mentions <laughs> as a, as if it is a part of his daily routine to uh, jerk off at work. It's very mm-hmm. strange. Very strange. Um, but the strange doesn't stop there. Um, so, uh, it just keeps going on, telling all these weird situations. They're learning about um, Confederate soldiers, and he Googles, did the Confederate soldiers eat bananas? Just weird weird details where, he, again, he's getting way too into it. Um, and then, I don't know the time frame on this. Is this a week later that he does the whole chopping off the pinky? Uh, yeah, the timeline is very... I don't know what the it timeline was, is. It was three days after he... Googled if the Confederate soldiers ate bananas. Oh. So it was like the following week, I believe. Yeah, I think this whole oh, okay. story takes place over the course of two weeks where he goes from like normal person to like uh, blathering banana maniac. Yeah, he enters some severe psychosis. Also, at the, I, this isn't important to the story, um, but he's seemingly obsessed with Big Bird. And I guess because he's yellow, yeah. but... He's not a banana, so I didn't really see that connection. He keeps, he keeps watching the same episode of Sesame Street where Big Bird goes to school for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Big Bird's like four. He is. Like, all of the Sesame Street characters are like four years old. And they all have yeah. parents. Well, some of them are older. and like, Well, they actually know Sesame, Sesame Street characters started out as being older, and then they made them younger with the introduction of Elmo so that younger kids could watch Sesame Street to get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Elmo's three and Grover is four. And then Big Bird is also four. Um, anyway, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> I, I mean, that's the right age for Big Bird to be first going to like preschool or maybe early enrollment in kindergarten. So that makes sense. Yeah, but he's like seven feet tall. Well, the, the thing that was weird about that for me is, like, I'm a huge Muppets fan. Uh-huh. So, like, knowing that B- Big Bird is actually, like, a person inside the suit with their hand up in the air, like, manipulating the mouth. Uh-huh. And that's been, like, the same person playing that character for, like, 30-something years. He's, like, an old man now. His name is Carol Spinney. Uh-huh. Like, I just think that it's interesting that this supposedly adult person almost began to, like, fetishize this. Uh, yeah. children's character it just wow. adds to the creepiness uh-huh. um just a side note on sesame street um my daughter yes, is please. obsessed with it and i was watching a behind the scenes thing much like what you were describing about like they talked to all the uh puppeteers of the popular sesame street characters <laughs> muppet performers sorry muppet performers <laughs> and <laughs> uh my I don't know if they like, can use. I don't know if they can use that term anymore since uh, Sesame Workshop is 
distinct from the the uh, Muppet franchise, which is wholly yeah. owned by Disney. Uh, so this I don't know. It's true. The Sesame Street characters are actually technically not Muppets. Yes. I think- uh, Thought they referred to him as Muppets still though in they my research. Don't, I uh, as far as I know, they don't refer they don't use the term Muppet in any Sesame Street products. Uh, they um, I don't know if they have any term for the human looking puppets, but the other ones are all monsters, which mm-hmm. I think is normal for Muppet canon. Um, but it is not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if their official terminology for the performers would be Muppet performers anymore, because um, that oh, is uh, that is a trademark of of the Disney conglomerate. They might well, call them their friends, like a Disney cast member thing to do. So oh. I have a I know someone who played Peter Pan at Disneyland, but he wasn't allowed to say I played Peter Pan. He was, had to say I'm a friend of Peter Pan. I yeah. see. So thinking, you know, I'm wondering if they apply that same terminology in Sesame yeah, Street. Yeah, could, could be. Uh, I feel like their whatever their internal uh, thing uh, probably refers to them as costumed performers. Puppeteers, I think, would be appropriate, but uh, uh, who knows how this like branded corporate speak goes? Well, I, sorry, I know that this is totally off topic, <laughs> but no, it's fine. <laughs> Um, the puppeteer thing, um, Jim Henson never really, like, he is a puppeteer. He said he was a puppeteer, and this is what I do, but he wanted to be known for more than just the performing of the puppets. And yeah. that's why they kind of evolved all this language to kind of encapsulate that it was more than just, you know, manipulating some foam and some rubber. I also feel yeah, like yeah. that's, like, I feel like Disney's the right company to have them up. This is way random, but, um, they're big into like keeping canon outside of a screen, and Jim Henson was way into that too. I feel like they're the right people to have the Muppets. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that they've done a good job um, exploiting that um, that intellectual property. Actually, I, I think that they um, they could be doing a better job. I enjoyed the Muppets uh, sitcom. I did not watch it after it was retooled uh, before cancellation, but um, I did. Yeah, I, I didn't watch I, it after that either. <laughs> uh, I I liked it. I th- I thought it was uh, enjoyable, but I get what people didn't like about it. Uh, I liked that first movie and didn't bother watching the second one. Second, so, second so one bad. wasn't bad. Yeah, <laughs> well, see, those are the two opinions. Uh, ah, not bad, and oh, so bad. So uh, the fact that neither of you was like, it's good, makes me uh, pretty solid that I didn't bother watching it. Um, <laughs> it's it's just strange because um, it's it, it's such an obvious thing, like, why not just have it? be like just have a tv show and be making that thing all the time it'd be Mm -hmm. great um anyway uh what were we talking about i don't remember i uh the pinky the pinky (laughs) let's get to the good part of the story sure um so he starts going nuts and his banana bread just isn't good enough and this feels weird just like going flat to this anyway um so he decides that he wants to incorporate more of his flesh so again as if this is just his normal routine 
the paragraph starts off, On Sunday night, I chopped off my left pinky and fried it in the skillet. Sliced it yep. into tiny pieces and mixed it into the batter. I uh, I really enjoy that type of horror writing. Um, it's it's just too of, calm? Yeah, where it's like mundane. Um, where it just like, here's the thing that happened and it's on mm-hmm. its face horrible. So... There we are. Yeah, let it do it's the talking. Instead yeah, of, that's, yeah, that's that's sort of my approach to horror writing, which I don't do uh, very much of, but I uh, contributed to my own horror anthology. Still available for purchase on Amazon or from com. <laughs> it's called Unknowing, an anthology from Beyond the Veil. I, uh, it's like just describing the things that happened in almost clinical terms as if they're boring um mm-hmm. if the things are horrible enough that is a very effective method it's yeah. like freddy Stinellis, like american psycho yeah 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 the, the character definitely has that sort of uh uh patrick bateman detachment yeah i i, I forgot to mention that at some point this is important because this is coming up but at some point he also um cuts his arms and tastes his blood to see if it tastes like bananas, um, just to further add to his craziness. Yeah. Um, again, hey guys, I'm clinical. sorry. I'm sorry. My cat's trying to eat the flowers on the other table. Give me one second. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll continue on if you want me to. Go ahead. All right. Um, so then he uh, just gets up on the next Monday morning. So that happened on Sunday. Um, he wraps his hand in gauze and uh, goes to the school i was gonna say work but he goes to teach again and the kids are like what happened dude you cut off your pinky and he's like oh it's no big deal um and then they notice the cuts on his arms um and he's like oh it's it's all good let me go to the bathroom and clean up um so he goes into the bathroom and again super clinically he says, I rushed out of the classroom into the bathroom across the hall, took the gauze off my left hand, then pounded my fist against the hand dryer until every bone shattered. And that line I had to listen to four times before I was like, like his bones literally, like he just punched this thing until his bones were mush. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started getting a little bit like, oh, God. Um, so then he hears something behind him. And he looks over the over behind him, and there's a, a I assume like a human sized banana. Um, he just says it was a banana, um, but it has like a smile and everything. Um, so uh, he I, oh sorry, he sees it in the reflection. Um, he walks up to it and just kind of stares at it, um, and I. Th- think that's where the story that i listened to ended because now i'm looking at these last three paragraphs and i don't recall them oh no i think i i'm pretty sure i uh yeah i don't think he peeled himself in the in the podcast version no no he did sorry he presses i see he presses lips against the glass i remember that being the final line uh yeah he um he sees Mister uh he sees a a like huge banana man and then the banana man peels himself and then he peels himself and then he uh the final line there says that he dies basically oh okay 
So that's a lot different than the version that I listened to where it just sort of abruptly end at him staring at a banana in a reflection. Oh, um, weird. So that was kind of anticlimactic. Um, <laughs> this is still pretty, pretty gross. He goes into some, yep. uh, some, I guess, graphic detail of peeling himself and uh, a lot of grotesque elements to this that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, it's a bit of a gross-out story. Uh, I thought it was effective, the sort of dive into madness, but I'm also a bit squeamish about uh, gore in horror, so uh, Lisette, how did this one hit you? Oh, it was totally gross. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you like it, or like at um, all? I would say I had a detached liking for it. Mm. Like, if I think about it too much, then I start to get really grossed out. But if I view it through the lens of, like, okay, what references or influences do I see here? Mm. So we talked about, like, the Brady Stanellis thing. I kind of felt like it was a cross between, like, the fly, the Jeff Goldblum fly. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. When he peels and himself. And, yeah, like, he's, like, saving bits of himself and, like, putting it on the bathroom shelf. Yeah. And I yeah, also... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, yeah, there was a bit of that. You can continue. Oh, yeah, there was totally a bit of that. Haha, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, there was <laughs> also a shade of, like, the Evil Dead remake in here for me. Oh, man, I love that movie. It's my favorite I Evil Dead movie. I hated that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen oh, it I've, o- I've only seen it once, and I will probably never watch it again because it's one of the grossest movies I've ever seen in my life. I went to see it when I was hungover, and it was... <laughs> Mistake it was number one. So painful. <laughs> yeah, like uh, the Evil Dead franchise is popular for a sort of gross out, but like in a really exaggerated way. Like uh, Ash is fighting that the, at the end of Evil Dead Two, like this giant snake centipede monster that has mm-hmm. like a human face on it, and it's like gross. But uh, Evil Dead twenty thirteen, uh, gosh, it goes, it uses almost entirely practical effects and even with the aid of computers i don't know how they accomplished some of the gore effects in the movie um like one of the characters cuts their face off with broken glass yes that's what Uh, i was thinking of here uh i was thinking more of the other character who uses one of those uh uh, electric turkey carvers to cut her arm off. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Do you remember like, what she said after she did that? That line will always stick with me. She was Oh, like, I, don't, I don't remember the line. I just remember it's like mostly off and dangling by just yeah. the skin and it's so gruesome. Well, what was the line? I feel so much better now. Oh, god. Yeah, the movie Ugh. is the, the movie is like uh, like Star Wars for horror in how strong the special effects work is. It's like incredibly good special effects work. But if you're going in looking for uh, maybe a movie where nice things happen to good people, <laughs> don't watch this one. <laughs> oh I need yeah, to watch so it. I, you, I, you, at your own risk, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for the main character. I I don't want to watch Ash versus Evil Dead until I know for sure that Mia from the remake will show up on the show as a character, but I don't think she ever will, unfortunately, because nobody likes that movie. Mm. Uh, it was it was so I, I felt shades of that in this. Mm-hmm. 
just like that kind of like unshrinking, unflinching gore. You're kind of just like forced to witness it. Uh huh. So um, to answer your question from like five minutes ago, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't like it, but I also liked kind of the influences I felt I could detect in it. Also, this one has an urban legend sort of feel to it. Um, there was a teacher, and I don't remember what state, but if you like Google this, um, he was arrested for giving the kids cookies that had his own bodily fluids in it. I guess a lot of this to my Google hurt search history. Yeah, maybe that, uh, <laughs> maybe that was sort of the kernel of inspiration for the story. I would wonder, honestly. Uh, yeah, because it's, there's, it's a weird one because it doesn't seem like an obvious thing for horror, and I think what I like most about it is that it does not make the obvious choices you would expect a story to make. There's nothing inherently gross what? about bananas. You wouldn't expect someone obsessed with bananas to be the subject of a gruesome horror story, but, like, it it is. Yeah. What would you have expected? I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned, like, what you would have expected. Um... I don't know, like maybe a grosser food, like a meat. Something less pleasant. <laughs> yeah, maybe a red fruit if we're going to go for a, 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 like stick with the fruits. I think uh, like raspberries are a little grosser because they kind of look like blood and guts. Um, Grapes. Or like uh, more of a, psych if we're going to stick with the banana, maybe uh, more of a psychological horror of him becoming obsessed with this image and not delving as deep into the uh, body horror stuff. Um, so it was an interesting, um, I didn't expect the turn once the turn happens. Yeah. Uh, and gosh, it happens so quick. Like within three days, he is already completely off the deep end into this banana thing. It was almost yeah. like he's a sleeper agent and Mr. Banana was his trigger trigger <laughs> phrase to activate him and uh, have him turn into this banana maniac. That's a good fan theory. I think you should like post that on there. Yeah. Um, I Along the same lines, um, the fact that it was being rushed through, um, I kind of feel like this... Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the writer just kind of wanted to get through to the end of the story. Like they had this okay idea. Um, and by the end of it, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it had a direction that it was trying to go. Yeah. And, kind uh, of, and the, the comments are, yeah, I was going to say those that. too. I, uh, I'm at, uh, newest comments. The top one is, uh, <sighs> Just, like, a confused swear, and then <laughs> below that, hey, do you take constructive criticism? <laughs> <laughs> another story that says, just came here from, or another uh, comment that says, just came here from the podcast, hope we can find answers, but everyone is as confused as I am. This is, like, the first time I've ever seen the comments get this out of character, because I'm looking yeah. at the top 200 comments, and the first one is, I need to sit down and contemplate life. This was so unique <laughs> yeah it's uh i maybe i'm a little desensitized and because i went in uh expecting a wild story and got it that because uh, <laughs> it's not the type you one you don't usually see uh first person 
dive into madness on no sleep and you usually right. also usually don't see one where the narrator dies at the end because they have to be alive to post it to the forum mm-hmm. sorry the the second comment is um a quote from the story which was principal dole that was the name of the principal and the guy just said <laughs> lost my shit <laughs> yeah i didn't actually catch that like good. dole as in like the dole the, bananas the yeah. 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 I was thinking of Dole Whip. I forgot Dole does bananas. Oh, sorry. Too. Yeah. Um, no, don't, don't apologize. It's my the, missing the fruit reference. I'm from the Midwest. We just apologize for everything. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. Um, I really <laughs> like other educators hate him. This teacher captivated his students with one easy trick. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Did you guys kind of like feel that like nostalgia or like memory of like being in school and like having that one teacher that actually engaged you absolutely mr gerdner i had that thought while i was reading this because he was the best teacher i've ever had what yeah, subject I have a teacher you- no go ahead you go it's your show <laughs> okay I'll i go. had a teacher i had a teacher named joe hart who was i think uh sophomore in high school my english teacher and he was very engaging and good he didn't have a gimmick like mr banana but uh that's uh, one of my more engaging teachers i would say yeah who was yours nick please oh no i already said mine Uh, yeah but i want to know the subject like this like lisette asked before we got all mixed up oh um he was i don't man i don't even know he was just he understood like this was in first grade so he had a lot of patience yeah Um, so he was the like the teacher that you had yeah he was like the one and um like he he had this thing where every week um someone would get to make uh, a board about themselves and bring in like pictures from home and their favorite toys and stuff and just get to tell the whole class about them um so he he made everyone feel special in that right and um, like every, I can't remember how often we would do this, but we'd sit around in a circle and tell the whole class about our weekend and stuff and, um, super patient dude. And, yeah. um, he apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently he had us write stories to ourselves, um, our future selves. And he mailed it to me when I graduated high school and, I was like, holy crap, dude, this is a full 15 years. No, not 15 years later. But a long time Almost, later, at least ten years, right? Yeah, 10, 12, 12 but years. But it would have been seven, so eleven years or so. Um, like it's just dedication. And he went on to become a principal of a school in in our city. And um, like people that I ran into in high school that um, are three years younger than me knew him for being the principal of their school. And he uh, he would go to the libraries and read to the kids. Like I've gone on too long about him, but he was just the coolest dude ever. Lisette, what about you? You posed the question, but you didn't tell us about your uh, good teacher. <laughs> so I had a, um, I had an AP English teacher my senior year of high school, and uh, he was incredible in the sense that, like, he felt like that teacher. They would kind of like teach you dangerous subjects, and he <laughs> loved him for that. He would like we would walk into the the classroom and he would walk in and he would just write sex in giant letters on the chalkboard like, so he was real today. yeah he was like real he kept it real he was like one of the because he taught english obviously he was an aspiring novelist himself and like idolized faulkner and like 
Um, I loved him and I like worked so hard to impress him, like in our class discussions, like look at all these really profound things I can say about literature, right? And now you're a journalist, right? Well, I am a journalist now, (laughs) but the, uh, the story with this teacher goes south because, yeah. And like, I loved him so much and he turned out to be a completely different person. And that's why I thought of him when reading the banana story. Um, Yeah, he like we there was like a rumor when I was in school there that he was like having an affair with one of the other teachers. Um, And that actually was true because he told me himself. uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. On online chat one day, like this was probably five years ago, we like reconnected on Facebook. And I was just like, I loved your class. And we were chatting back and forth. And he started hitting on me. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, and then I was just like, oh, I really loved you, no. and now I can't anymore, and that's like a womp womp, and so that's why I haven't told you his name, and that's why I thought of him <laughs> when I read this story. Mm. Oh. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I can't Real remember the names scary. of most of my teachers, so the fact that I remembered Mr. Hart uh, should tell you that he was good. But <laughs> I did have, uh, to, to kind of dovetail the story with a more positive one that's shorter, I had a great history teacher in high school who would... Uh, do all the names of all the people in history like uh, or he would do the impressions I'm sorry of everyone which was hilarious and we loved it so go go Mr. Schmidt yeah Mr. Schmidt I I had a Mr. Schmidt I don't remember when or what he taught oh I think he was my band teacher freshman year oh I miss band good teacher name (laughs) it's common man um so, do we have any other thoughts about Mr. Banana, or have we um, uh, sort of juiced this banana for all it's worth? Um, um, do you juice? I guess you do juice. I do you juice they're bananas? Not a, they're not a very wet fruit. I don't know of banana juice being a thing. I think huh. you can put them in smoothies, but you don't just have bananas, like, as a juice. Yeah, I don't know what I would be- happen if you put a banana through that a happen. juicer. Yeah, okay. You I can don't know if I want to find out. Uh, Lisette, where can the people find you to interact with uh, whatever work you produce? Yes. So I'm a journalist living in Brooklyn. And if you want to read my bylines or hit me up for any reason, uh, LisetteVoitco.com. And my name is really difficult to sell, spell and all that kind of stuff. So just hit the link below the podcast. Check me out. Nick, how about you? My name is also really hard to spell. It's got seven... O's, not in the order you think they would be in. I'm just kidding. Um, you can find me. I got two podcasts. One is StrangerStillShow.com. We talk about science things that are fun, and Jeff's been on that show, so you can listen to that That's episode. Um, and I do a cartoon review show with my dad, which is a lot of fun, uh, called Limited Cell, C-E-L, and um, still kind of new, but it's really fun. That's all I got. You can find me on Twitter, J3FK, Instagram, JeffJK. Go to patreon.com slash JeffJK if you want to support the show. Just $1 a month gets you two bonus audio pieces and a writing thing that I've written, usually a short story. Uh, I don't think I've done any nonfiction for there, but I've posted some comic book scripts, uh, unproduced comic book scripts. also, go to Facebook and join the Creepy Podsta fan group where you can discuss horror or the show with other fans of the show. It's a good uh, time. Come past, on. Yeah. Some past guests are on there. 
Um, you can suggest stories on there. That's it. Uh, that's that's all we have to say. That's everything about Mr. Banana. I pressed my lips against the glass. A cool breeze rushed to my core, and then I was gone. Thank you.